0: Chapter Thirteen of That Mother-in-Law of Mine by Anonymous. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Carolyn. Chapter Thirteen, A Surprise. We were feeling a little solemn at the cottage. George, with his lively ways, and Clara, with her sparkling vivacity, were away on their wedding tour, and our good friend, Mister. Desmond, to whom we had taken a great liking was about to sail for an indefinite absence in foreign lands. Though the mother-in-law's presence was less oppressive than formerly, there was now a pensiveness, an air of departed glory about it, that was not cheerful. There was danger of settling down to a humdrum sort of life, free from strife, perhaps, but at the same time devoid of that buoyancy which should make the home of a young couple joyous. I was a little doubtful of making a vacation in the country this summer. To be sure, when George went away, it was agreed that after he had gone the round of the White Mountains, the attractions of Canada, Niagara Falls, and Saratoga, he would return for a quiet stay for a few weeks, at the close of the season, to the little resort which we had visited a year ago, and there, if Bessie's health would permit, and I could arrange for a sufficient absence from business, we would join them. "'But I almost dreaded taking Mrs. Pinkerton with us, and doubted whether she would go. "'At the same time I did not like to propose leaving her behind to take care of the cottage. "'I was in perplexity, and, notwithstanding my splendid new prospects in business, "'was not feeling cheerful. "'Coming home from a restless round of the city on the Fourth of July, "'where I had found the great national holiday, a bore, "'I noticed Mr. Desmond's team coming up to the garden-gate with a brisk turn.' "'That fine old gentleman—I always feel like calling him old on account of his grey whiskers, though he was little more than fifty—came down the walk, and with stately politeness assisted Bessie and the baby out of the carriage. I looked to see Mrs. Pinkerton follow, but she was not there, and clearly Mr. Desmond had not been to ride. It struck me as a little queer, not to say amusing, that they had been having a quite tete-a-tete together in the cottage while John gave Bessie and the baby their airing.' But then it was not so strange, either, for was he not going to leave us in two days? It was no uncommon thing for Mrs. Pinkerton to stay within while Bessie was out, and he had probably dropped in late in the afternoon, expecting to find us all at home, as it was a holiday. I bade him good-bye, in case I did not see him again, as he got into the carriage to ride back to the city. "'Oh, I shall see you to-morrow.' he said in a brisk tone which had not been habitual with him of late. That evening my mother-in-law was uncommonly gracious, a little absent-minded, and more pleasant in spirit than I had ever known her. She seemed to be filled with an inward satisfaction that I could not make out at all. Bessie and I both remarked it, but could not surmise any cause for the apparent change that had come over the spirit of her dream. Next morning, on reaching town, i found a note asking me to step over to mr desmond's office when i could find the time i went at my leisure wondering what was up as i entered he seemed remarkably cordial and happy i find that blunt he said in a business-like way would like to have you take hold at once if possible their affairs are in some confusion and need an experienced hand to straighten them out it will be necessary for you to give a bond which i have here all prepared with satisfactory sureties, and you need only to give us your signature, which I will have properly witnessed on the spot.' "'Oh, is that it?' I thought. Strange I didn't think of it's having something to do with my new position. I knew I could get away from my old place at a week's notice, as I had already made known my intention to leave, and there were several applicants for the position. The bond was executed without hesitation. "'You will not lose your vacation,' Mr. Dismond said.' though your salary will begin at once as soon as you can get matters in order which may take a month or more you are to be allowed a few weeks absence and recuperate and get fully prepared for your new responsibilities thanking him for his kindness i was about to go when he said sit down mr Travis. i have something else to say to you what's coming now i wondered as i took my seat again mr dismond seemed a little at a loss how to begin his new communication and came nearer appearing embarrassed than I should have thought possible for him. The fact is, he said at last, I have changed my mind about going abroad. I have no doubt I looked very much surprised and puzzled, and, smiling at the expression of my face, he went on, Your mother-in-law, Mrs. Pinkerton, is a very worthy woman, in fact, a remarkably worthy woman. I couldn't deny that, but why should he choose such a time and place to compliment her? "'Do you know,' he added, with a still nearer approach to embarrassment in his manner, and something like a blush on his usually calm face, "'I have asked her to become Mrs. Desmond.' "'The devil you have!' was my thought, as astonishment fairly overcame me. I didn't say it, though, but it was my turn to be embarrassed, and I hardly knew what to say.' "'Having got it out, Mr. Desmond fairly recovered his equanimity.' "'Yes,' he said. "'I put the idea away from me for a long time, but it would persist in growing upon me, and I finally concluded that perhaps it might contribute to the happiness of all parties, so I have taken the plunge. "'I hope you approve of it,' he added, with a queer twinkle in his eye. "'With all my heart, sir,' I said earnestly and I am sure it will be as pleasing as it is surprising to us all. Throughout that afternoon I was restless and eager to get home to tell Bessie the wonderful news. It was the longest afternoon I ever saw, but at length it passed and I hurried home. As Bessie met me at the door I said eagerly, "'I've got a surprise for you, dearie!' Now I noticed for the first time that she was all smiles and full of something that she was eager to surprise me with simultaneously, each recognized that the other had the secret already. Of course, what a fool I was. Her mother, naturally enough, would tell her, while Mr. Desmond broke the matter to me. "'Isn't it jolly?' I said. "'Why, Charlie, are you then so anxious to get rid of the poor dear mamma?' she said, half reproachfully and half teasingly. "'Oh, no, of course not. But it is really nice for all of us, isn't it now? She won't be far off, you know, "'We shall have our little home all to ourselves, "'and Mr. Desmond will be a sort of guardian for us. "'And as I said before, I think it is jolly. "'Well, I must confess I do not altogether like the idea of Mamma marrying again, "'and I shall miss her very much after all.' "'I couldn't help laughing at the little woman's demure countenance as she said this. "'There was a little trace of jealousy in her gentle heart, "'jealousy so natural to women.' at the idea of another's taking her mother off, just as that good woman had been jealous at her taking off. I accused her of it, and she repudiated the idea. But everybody must admit that things had fallen out just right for all parties, and the shadow was to be taken from our household by a new burst of sunlight, without any heart-burning for anybody, and with nothing but satisfaction for all. It was arranged that the new marriage should presently occur— and the mature couple take a little trip, and surprise George and Clara by being at the Fairview Hotel before them. Their first knowledge of the turn of affairs was to come, when they arrived there late in August, and found their new relations in possession. Bessie and I were to join the party for a brief stay, and so my perplexity was happily ended. End of chapter 13.